I think it's just that cool. you have like the audio background, so we like. Yeah, don't... I just want. I will. Yeah. Well, no, also me honestly, and Bobby were ready. I don't know. Listen, I'm I'm so sick of the accusations of me not looking up my letters before the we record the podcast. <laughs> I was not distracted from by doing that. All right, uh, Jesus. The benefit of being the one who does the research. Uh <laughs> Does that mean I have to also look up B words in language? Come on, dude. There's got there's a million of them. There's a million of them. All right, all right. I'm gonna do, because do it. Because you know what? Do you know what, Bobby? Do you know why what? there's a million of them? Because why? they're written down. Mm. <gasps> oh, where are they written down? They're written down. I don't know, like where, but like how in our languages. This is the oh. this is the language episode part two. Um. So before we uh, get into anything, really, if you haven't listened to part one, uh, which was last week's episode, which was about the history of spoken word, uh, you should probably go listen to that one. It's not necessary, but um, it was know, a good app. If you're, it was, a, I liked it. If I do say so myself, <laughs> um, you might think that the name of it might deter you because like some people aren't interested in language but it was a really really interesting episode i think language is really cool personally i found that out while doing research for these episodes i i realized that i think it's super super cool yeah and and honestly like it was just in general a really funny episode and you should go listen to it because i've heard i've had several people come up to me and say that it was one of their favorite episodes in a while wow yeah really so yeah, I've had a couple people. Name couple names. Like, <laughs> name names. Brent's like, um, how come they didn't like mine? Um, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, but, yeah. So uh, anyway, go check out the first one. Yeah, go check out the first one. And uh, I guess uh, I'll start off. Uh, I am your Jiahu uh, J mm. Jack. I, it's probably not pronounced like that. But uh, mm. I don't know. I read it. I never heard it. So. I found a I found a pretty good one. So oh, okay. you need you need a second, Bobby? You you, you, you can go, Brent. You can go. Alright, well, here we go. I'm All right. Bam Squabble the Bee oh. Brent. I don't know what that, that means. That's right. I don't know. What Bam that is squabbled. <laughs> I don't really know what it means either. <laughs> Apparently, according to this website, it's a 19th century uh, go away, low battery warning. It's a 19th century American <laughs> slang word meaning essentially stupefied, confounded, or embarrassed. Oh wow. I just, I just like the word bam squabbled. That is a good <laughs> word. I'm into that. that feel, it feel, it's got good mouth feel. <laughs> uh, well, that was a great one. Uh, mine's not so much as great at all, but, you know, since I'm looking at a big block of letters here, I'm going to be your, uh, I have two. One, I'm your chip off the old block, B. Oh. Bobby. Mm-hmm. And I'm also your block letters, B. Oh, my God. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Bobby. you can't say block letters and not go there. And not, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not actually Bob. block letters, though, for people who are just listening. It's a block with letters. And not just uh, any block that we're looking at. We're looking at the Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone. The infamous stone of Rosetta. Yeah, found by Napoleon's troops while they were walking through the desert, uh, famously. Um, uh, it has Egyptian, I think it has, I don't know, I think Arabic, I didn't look it up. And it has Greek. Um, it has the same story in all three. Oh, it has, me. oh, that's what the Rosetta Stone is. Yeah, and that's why we're able to translate hieroglyphs, because of the Rosetta mm. Stone, basically. And now because of, like, context off of, because of the, I don't know. I didn't really look up 
the uh the rosetta stone too much uh i just had it on the first slide because i thought it would be a good little image to represent stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um, bro. okay but to uh but to actually start us off i'm gonna ask you guys can you read this uh yeah no like actually like what no it no Bobby? it's just it's all it looks like ancient japanese texts on a scroll yeah, you're. Uh, it's going in multiple directions. It's kind of. And it looks yeah. like it's read vertically. This is this is one that you're definitely gonna want to go to the brain bloggled and check out the images for because it is written. So it's like hard to. There's gonna be a lot of pictures because it's all you know images because it's words. Um, Visual aids, baby. So no, I can't read this. I don't. I, I don't think either of you guys can read this. They're long text. It's long. It's actually Chinese characters. Um. um okay. What about uh, this? Can you read this? And for those who uh, who are driving or something or can't go to the website, it's like a it's like a list of emojis. Uh, can you guys mm. read this? Uh, well, can I give it a shot? Can yeah, I give the first ahead, line Bob. a shot? All right, <clears throat> all right. Now, this is the first line here. Let's see. It's a it's a clock. So I'm gonna say tick tock on the clock. I don't wanna stop. Nope. It's definitely not click clock. That's, yeah, that's TikTok. What it says. So I think it's uh, it's somebody waking up to an alarm. Well, yeah, first yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, but, so, but I mean, you would read it as the you know the alarm clock said the alarm clock rang, right? Because yep. you can say the, mm-hmm. there's the clock and then there's the quotation marks, which means the clock is saying something. And yeah. then you're hitting snooze because you're like, oh, I'm not ready to get up yet. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly God. what happens. Well, no, what happens is 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 they hear it, they wake up, they turn the clock off, they see that it's raining, they're sad, so they decide to go back to bed. Oh. Meanwhile, the clock tar- the clock rings again, their alarm clock. They wake up, they're sad, they go to bed. Their cat jumps on their bed, and that wakes mm-hmm. them up. And then there's this whole scene later where he's in the shower, and then he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And then he goes on his phone, and then it's very actually quite detailed about how much struggling he's having to push this poop <laughs> <Yeah>. out. And <laughs> it even says he wipes, he looks at his poop, and then he flushes. It's I like very... how the looks is like the CBS logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna say. Yeah, well, it's the programming is shite. <laughs> so what is interesting about both of these books is these are two books created by a Chinese artist by the name of uh, Zhu Bing. Um, so mm. the first book he made was that long, uh, scrolls of, uh, Chinese text. And this book is titled the book from the sky. Um, and I asked you if you could read this, uh, obviously expecting the answer to be no, because the answer is, is that nobody can read this because all of these Chinese characters that he wrote this book in are completely made up. Really? So, yeah. So the concept of the, the book from the sky, uh, is that nobody can read it. Uh, 20 years later, he made this book of emojis, um, and he called it the book from the ground, and the concept behind it was to be a book that any person could read. Wow. Oh, that's so creative. Because it's, it's completely absent of any... Of any uh, uh, oh, don't look at that. Of any, uh, it's completely absent of any sort of uh, specific language yeah. thing. It's 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 all recognizable icons. And now some of them are like, you would have to, 
like no i guess like if you're if you're from a tribe you know in the in the middle of some rainforest you know you probably don't know like the facebook logo yeah facebook and twitter or Mm. like you don't have like don't know what what that little symbol means for turning on the stove you know or the power symbol yeah um so it's like well not i i don't think anyone could read it i think you would have to have a much more simple story with much more simple figures to, for like anyone anyone to be able to read it because some of these i do think you need like some sort of cultural context like if you like someone who doesn't have a job or has to go to school you know why would they i don't that like i don't think they would understand you know why the whole alarm clock shutting off multiple times and not wanting to wake up maybe i don't know maybe it's a universal but yeah it um, could, could be some of it is like contact but cultural that context. is like i don't know that's sort of like arguing is sort of beside the point because you know it's it's for the most part anyone can read it it's an interesting you know uh my question is dive for, into language yeah so for the sky book, the the book from the sky, mm-hmm. is that translatable by him? Like, did he actually write it in a in his own Chinese text language, or is it just complete gibberish? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it has. Um, I know that the characters themselves are made up. I don't know if he if he has a consistent made up structure. Mm. Um, I don't think that he does. Uh, I just thought that that would be like an interesting, interesting point to 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 start off on because um, I just found it really interesting that the language that he sort of came up with to be able to have anyone read it is uh, is very similar to you like you could call it like hieroglyphics almost, Um, which we'll actually uh, get into as to why uh, hieroglyphics are. distinct uh from these um but okay so i just looked it up jack yeah so not even he himself can read it it is completely uh it carries no meaning at all Mm. so it's just a meaningless text that is interesting because um one of the uh, one of the concepts behind the origin of language, behind pictographic language, is the idea that of language as an art form that is simplified down and reform and refined to be the medium of of the uh, art of word. Um, so it's like the same thing as a painting, almost just simplified down and like specialized for written word. If like yeah i know what you mean it's conveying it's like like yeah yeah like the difference between it's the reason like you know the difference between why you would make a painting versus you know sculpting a sculpture Mm. or writing a book you know yeah um Mm. so we so uh let's start off with the uh oldest known uh writing form and ignore the uh you know the watermarks (laughs) um (laughs) Oh, I thought that was the oldest known writing yeah, form. Watermarks. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Corporate corporate oops, corporate control is the oldest known form. I'm not surprised. Mm, mm. I'm sorry, you, you gotta pay a subscription to get to get these hieroglyphs, baby. Oh it'd be so funny if like the, the hieroglyphics had watermarks on them, like in real life. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be really hilarious. Um so 
Uh, some of the first discovered writing was uh, ancient Sumerian, which uh, or Mesopotamian, and uh, the Mesopotamian is between uh, the uh, what the Tigris and Euphrates River, I think. Right? Is that right? It's the uh, like old. It's the yeah. oldest civilization or whatever. Um, Mesopotamia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so this image here is that is that form of writing, the Mesopotamian form known as cuneiform. Ooh. Um, however, it is believed that writing was independently invented three or four different times, except uh, the Sumerians were like the first ones to do it, basically. Mm. Um, although the other people who did it, uh, which include uh, Mesoamerica, so the uh, like uh, ancient Mayan and Incan sort of area, um, not those groups exactly, but like that, the area where they're from. Um, but that, uh, they did it later, uh, China, um, there's no, like, evidence to prove that, um, the Chinese language wasn't influenced from somewhere else, but there's also no proof that it was, so, um, and, like, since it's highly unique, it's considered to be, um, to have, to have, uh, evolved independently, um, and, uh, Egypt is the last one, uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs. Although, um, some scholars think that there is evidence that they, uh, took inspiration from early cuneiform, but, uh, some people like in this documentary I was watching, uh, there was a Assyriologist who specializes in like Sumerian, uh, Mesopotamian culture. And he was like, there's a debate between Assyriologists and Egyptologists about who actually invented writing. And it was us. It was us. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> this is so strange. Um, so basically, I'm just going with the, uh, the idea that the writing came from uh, Me- Mesopotamian, ancient Sumerian, because that's also what I learned in school. We had a big mm-hmm. unit on it, and it was really cool because I remember we actually got to write... Um, in cuneiform oh that's awesome um tell us yeah. what you guys at home think <laughs> on the poll the twitter poll <laughs> yeah pick a side when i was in middle school when we were learning about ancient mesopotamia i thought that was the coolest shit i used to think mesopotamia mm. was amazing because i just like wanted to go there and Dude. see what life was like when they were inventing in middle school that in stuff. the uh yeah well like that's where it's like credited like the wheel was invented right yeah in, in mesopotamia or whatever and like just kind of cool and like c- canals or like water yeah, irrigation like irrigation um riding uh it's kind of like agriculture farming yeah, yeah, dude, I, in middle school, seventh grade, that's when we had our, like, ancient civilizations unit. I thought, I love that stuff, because I love ancient civilizations. Um, and so, they uh, they had a, a, a project where, for Mesopotamia, they were like, here's your first, uh, your, since this is the first civilization, um, your first project's going to be to draw a map. Mm. of it and it was like like make up uh i had that same project and so for extra bonus points though you can make a model so out of wood with the help of my dad i made like the little ziggurat and the little houses and we bought like those little model trees and bushes and put them around 
And for extra bonus points, I was such a tryhard in middle school. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> you could put running water. And so my dad just happened to have like this little, like this tiny little like fish tank pump. And so I just like put in like pipes and was like, I got running water. And I got, ended up getting like 200 points for it or something. It was awesome. Man, you're such a Mesopotamian simp. Dude! <laughs> a Mesopotamia. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm like, how come there's only, like, weebs for Japan and, like, Korea? How, <laughs> yeah. come, there's, how come there's no one who's like, dude, I just, like... Mesopotamia weebs. Have you ever read these... Fertile Crescent, baby. I know, people being like, have you ever read these Iranian novels? They're insane. Yeah. It's like no one, It's like no one's ever obsessed with, like, yeah, like, Iranian or, like, Mongolian culture. Yeah. Or, like, mm -hmm. or like anything. Well, we gotta start it. Let's pick somewhere. <laughs> yeah, dude, somewhere cool, though. It's gotta be cool. I guess that's when the I... point. What's cool? Where's cooler than Japan? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, what's going on in Albania? Like yeah, I, I, when I was a kid, I remember I used to like, so we would, you know, study Mesopotamia and social studies all oh, day. Guess, yeah. And when I, when I would get home, I used to think like, oh, how hard could this be? I'm just going to do this in my backyard. Like I'm going to create a civilization in my backyard because I just got not hyped. The fertile crescent, dude, your backyard is not the fertile crescent. I know. So I, so I just like had a little swamp pond in my backyard and I would like... <laughs> make little like irrigation uh yeah. canals well, for like watering my plants it's kinda nothing like, grew it's kind of like in the zeitgeist right now with those like uh it, you you there's like that those those two indian boys that youtube channel where they like, yes build you mean stuff. one of like the 30 youtube channels yeah, yeah, that are all tons just, of like, them tons of them but there's one survival tool yeah, there's one where they just like they don't they they just like use modern tools or whatever and just build crazy stuff in their backyards. Like Brent, yeah. have you seen these where they build like they build like pools and stuff out of like mud and sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, seen a couple. They, yeah, I've um, made Brent watch them. Yeah, yeah. There's mm -hmm. one called Primitive Technology though, and he's like a dude who yeah. goes out in like the outback in Australia who just yeah. has like yeah, that's the one I've seen. I like his yeah. videos a lot because he like uses he's like he he developed from like the Stone Age to to like mm -hmm. he, he refined a, uh, some metal a little bit of metal. yeah he like finds like iron ingots like in the in the find, ground he didn't find the iron ingots he found like iron like rusting out of a rock and was able to get like a tiny amount of iron. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, well, he, he, like, melted down. I, like, watched one where he, like, melted down, like, the iron yeah. that he found. And uh, he has, like, smelting chambers and stuff. He's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, they're mainly for... Yeah, he has, like, a lot of... He does a lot of ceramics. Have you ever um, seen the ones where he makes, like, flour out of, like, weird, like, plants in the woods? Like, arrowroot and stuff, yeah. I've seen, like, all yeah. of his stuff, dude. Yeah, he's pretty cool, but there's like seen, a billion of those. Have you seen Gus Johnson's video where he's making fun of him? Where he's where Gus Johnson's just in his underwear with rocks throwing him around. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, that. but anyway, back to uh, ancient uh, origins of writing. Okay, so uh, how did they get to this point? Because they didn't just they didn't just start. Uh, here with these with these it, it's often been, often been called wedge-shaped uh, script um, so uh, in ancient Sumer society was completely based around religion and so the cities were built around uh, these giant temples the, the ziggurats 
Um, and so everyone working in the city would donate food and goods to the temple to appease the gods. Um, and also in uh, times of trouble, like if there was a bad harvest or uh, when it's not growing season, they would uh, donate the stores from the temples to people who needed them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were socialists. Getting, yeah, basically. <laughs> so goddamn socialists. They were. Uh, yeah, socialism is what uh, started writing, dude. Because since there was so many goods co- flowing in and out of the temple, um, the people who ran the temple wanted to be able to have an accurate uh, store, like storage, basically. So. Yeah. Uh, the earliest writings are these um, essentially just storage inventories where it would be an image of a grain, an image of a fish, an image of an animal. and Kind of little- like Minecraft style. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know what you mean by that. Well, you know when you, you get store your storage bins in Minecraft and you put up like an item frame and you... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then... I, got, I took you there. Mm-hmm. So they would they would draw yeah a little picture of grain, a little picture of milk or whatever, and then little dots or tally marks uh, to represent how many they have. It usually would be like every unit of ten would be a little would be a little dot or a dash or something. But as the scribes were were keeping track of what what uh, was coming in and out of the temple using these sort of ancient tally markings. So what that is called is uh, pictographic, as we talked about before, which means pictures uh, that would represent what the item is. Uh, So a picture of a grain represents grain. A picture of a fish represents fish, like we just said. But as uh, the Sumerian life sped up, so did the, uh, the writing did as well. And as people got better... Um, and more used to this system, uh, they got essentially lazier and sort of just were um, drawing simplified versions of of these uh, things. So uh, a simplified version of a grain may just be, you know, uh, uh, instead of a line. Oh, this is exactly why I have this up. Can you guys see oh, this? He, oh, for the listeners MS at Paint, home, maybe. I Jack some, just pulled up MS Paint. I have MS Paint. I'm um, ready. Uh, this is. I was like, "Hey, maybe I'll need it." Um, so, right, first off, it would be a picture of, 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 of a grain like this, right? And it would be like, "Do, do, do, do." That's five grain. And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a grain is just, is just this, you know. And then maybe a grain is just this. And then maybe a grain is just one of these markings. And then maybe it's just like this, which then is maybe just three of these triangles. Mm. So you can see how over time the uh, the grain image, basically imagine a grain with its branches out for people who are listening and simplify those branches just down into triangles. And so the Sumerian symbol for grain is just those three triangles. Interesting. So, so it may have started off more uh, picture-esque yeah, so it totally started off as as just these pictographs. Not only was uh, the cuneiform language simplified in that way, um, it originally was written um, from top to bottom down in columns, just like um, like Chinese or Japanese script is. Uh, however, they were writing in clay, uh, and when you were writing top to bottom. It was easy when you went back up to the top. It was easy to accidentally smudge 
something that you had already uh, written. So the uh, scribes started um, writing uh, sideways uh, from left to right and then top to bottom because that way it was much harder to smudge what you had previously written. But everyone who was using these lists who weren't writing them were like, hey, these are hard to read when they're sideways. We're used to reading the other way. So the scribes actually rotated the symbols 90 degrees, which abstracted them even even further from their no. original pictures. Um, and the reason that they did this was so that the scribes could write them sideways, but then people could read them vertically how they wanted. So they could just uh, flip it after? Yeah, so the scribes were like, okay, to us, this is what the language looks like. Just write it this way how we want. And then and then that way they can read it. How? And then people, they were like, you can read it however which way you want. Um, and eventually people just grew used to reading it sideways. Um, and wow. that's why we read left to right. Um, and that's also why uh, these symbols are even further removed from the original uh, pictures that they represented. Um <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, our letters are not based off of any Sumerian sort of uh, script. Nothing is actually based off of any Sumerian script, um, which is uh, which is w another reason why people think Sumerian led into Egyptian because Sumerian was the first and then just died. But Egyptian is uh, the Egyptian hieroglyphs are what continued. But anyway, let's get to the Egyptian hieroglyphs uh, as we start to talk about the next main thing so we talked about how you get from a picture of a grain meaning literally grain to an abstraction symbol that represents grain mm. uh so now we have a, a a a unique you know we have a word a written thing that we we have created uniquely to represent this word this yeah object in the real world um but the next jump came with sound association. So, uh, if we're going to use ancient Sumerian for an example, um, the word for grain was she. Um, <laughs> and the uh, word for milk was ga. Um, and so it was represented with, you know, the symbol that meant uh, that meant milk. And the symbol that meant grain. Um, so the the and the, together they made sugar. Yeah, well, <laughs> they made uh, they. Uh, it may not be God. Maybe I maybe I got the wrong one. Uh, Twas just a really um, bad joke. No, mm. I th it is. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. God. She. She <laughs> and God. Um. So now. People started to not uh, to when they. <coughs> wanted to write down what they were uh what they were actually saying they would say sh for grain and then they would write the symbol down so this made the jump to well we have this system where we can write down these physical objects yet we have a language that has more than that what if we use these words that we wrote down uh, to associate to these sounds that we use in our language all the time because ancient Sumerian language was a very basic language in the sense of it used basic one-syllable words for things. So, uh, sh is grain, and then they had another one-syllable word for 
uh, sickle, which is a tool used to harvest the grain. So the word for to harvest would be a combination of the words grain and sickle and would just be written with a combination of those two symbols just put together. Um, so now we have taken the step from these symbols only being associated with the actual physical objects is we have these symbols independently of those objects now sounding as just sounds or essentially letters almost but not exactly because it still is based off of these uh these uh rebus uh principal languages or a pun basically um mm -hmm. and so as i said before sh meaning wheat and g meaning milk the sumerian word shuga means beautiful mm. um and it is written What's up, with sugar it is yeah <laughs> and it is written with the it is written with the sign for grain and the sign for milk just put together yet when you read it together you it wouldn't be in the context where you would think you wouldn't think of wheat and milk you would just think of beautiful and, and so that is the the same thing with uh ancient egyptian uh ancient egyptian though has uh so this this bird was their was their letter b essentially um no that's not true uh this this house blocky house here was their letter b um and so so we started this, to get to the point where it was like where each letter represented a sound no not yet Oh, okay. Um, so I'm only saying that because this was just the second letter in their alphabet. Um, gotcha. And so, uh, and this is also, as we'll get to, this is the origin of our letter B. Um, this. What? This is the origin of our letter A. Um, hmm. I want to see if there's. This is our letter R. R is a monkey face? No, it's a head. It's a head. Oh, uh, okay. Um, uh, yeah. And so, so the reason why we're not quite at a alphabet yet and why it's just still pictographic is because, um, so the symbol meaning house also meant, um, it could mean, yes, a literal house. It could mean, uh, the sound for house. So, uh, but, uh, bot was the, uh, was the word for house. So it could mean the sound bot uh, or it could mean a symbol paired in this, uh, another symbol paired with that symbol should be read in the context of a building. Um, or the same thing with this bird. So, uh, say there was the, so the word for the Egyptian word for flamingo might be the hieroglyph for pink and then the hieroglyph for bird. Meaning in this context, you should read the word pink as flamingo, pink bird. Um, and so the hmm. same thing with uh, the 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 house. Uh, so these are the uh, rebus answers. Uh, the the those that rebus principle that we talked before. So this is why um, this is a, a a better explanation as to why Egyptian is not technically an alphabet yet, and why it's mm. just um, a pictographic language. Uh, is because this is the concept of how words are created, sort of in in egyptian um so oops. so it's it's almost like uh it almost looks like um pictionary or something like where, where you you can't 
Yeah, well, so like, Say so word. we see this first one, right? So it's it's the word man, right? So let's in this in this context, let's 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 imagine it's the image of a man, right? Yeah. Um, divided by a line board, right? And it, if it was the image of the board, um, or like the image of a ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is the which would be what the board would be contextually related to. That would be the word for man overboard. Right. And yeah. so it is like you still need to know what the there they they do not exist within their own context. Uh mm-hmm. you need they still are based on the context of the images that they represent. Um so like green grass, you know, like um you would have to know what grass is. You'd have to know, you know, what green is. Yeah. Um as opposed to letters, which um, each one represents a sound. So, how did we get from hieroglyphic pictographic language to the alphabet that we have today? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, there I want to know. There was an ancient civilization in between, in the middle of the Fertile Crest, called the Canaanites. The Canaanites uh, found the Egyptians and were like, yo, uh, you guys want to trade? Do you guys want to like work for each other? Sometimes our people will become mig- will migrant worker it up all the time. We'll send migrant workers back and forth to each other and it's going to be a grand old time. And they were like, <laughs> sure. And so the Canaanites, when they were working for the Egyptians, they were like, yo, these carvings on the wall are beautiful dude these are some great pictures and the egyptians were like no dude see how it's see how they're recognizable repeatable abstractions (laughs) and they're in all the same recognizable type font meaning right you have a bird which is the same size as a human arm and a human arm is the same size as an entire human which is the same size as a mountain which is the same size as a house Right. That's what that's what the that's how that's essentially how linguists know that hieroglyphs were language, not just some art form. Right. Mm. Um, And they were like, this is language, brother. And the Canaanites were like, language. I don't even writing. I don't even know what that is. And they were like, look, (laughs) listen, listen to me. Listen with your your heart. Open your heart to us. They were like, yo, this is. Um. They were like, this is a, this is a bull. We use it to mean a uh, bull. We use it to mean uh, buh. And um, the Canaanites were like, this is so insane. We're going to start doing this. And so the Canaanites then go to their boss, the, the big head Canaanite, and they're like, yo, look at this symbol. This is, they, they, they called this Alf, Alf, Alphos or Alphis. I think it's Alphis. They were like, they called this Alphys, uh, which is the Canaanite word uh, for bull. Uh, and uh, they were like, okay, so we will use this for our sound, Alphys, or Alf. Um, and so then the Canaanites went to the Phoenicians, and the Phoenicians were like, and they were like, yo, Phoenicians, look at this Alphos. And the Phoenicians were like, um, okay we don't really care that it looks like a bull. We're just going to call it alpha and we're going to simplify it to this. 
Oh my god, no. I'm seeing the connections. And then when the Romans got it, the Romans, like, just like by principle, liked to flip things to like. <laughs> I don't know. I I think they like to just it, be like it's, it's different ours. now. Yeah, it's different now. Like, yeah. normally, it's not the same. Normally, it's ours. They, they flipped it. Um, they flipped it vertically. But if you flip this symbol vertically, it's the same. So they flipped it horizontally, and that's how we got alpha or our Dude. letter A. I'm never gonna look at an, uh, the letter A the same. Now I yeah. just see an upside down bullhead. And so the same, th- yeah. And so hieroglyphics are literally hidden in every single letter. So every single script, um, except for Chinese script and scripts based on the Mesoamerican one. So pretty much everything. So um, the Arabic alphabet, the Cyrillic alphabet, the Armenian alphabet. Uh, the Roman alphabet are all based off of various abstractions of this initial of of hieroglyphs. So this is wow. B. So or the 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 building right, which then rotates like this. And I'm sure we're gonna have a row. The Romans flipping it at some point. But and then yep, and then the Phoenicians are like, okay, whatever. Um. And then I actually drew it the wrong way. It was this way. <laughs> and then the Romans are like, oh no, the Phoenicians were like this. Hey, hey you know and what we Romans should do? We're like, we're going to hey, flip it. Let's that's, flip it. That's beta. And then when it, they needed to separate uppercase and lowercase, they did that, but whatever. <laughs> and that's B. And so for people who were visually listening, to, or for who are just listening, not visually listening, you can't do that. I do have the, I, the, there is a chart that you'll be able, that you'll be able to follow. So we can see the bullhead goes to the simplified version that the Phoenicians made. The Greeks took it. The Romans changed it. They always, they love to flip everything. Mm. And see, we were talking about really the letter cool R, graph. right? So C, here's that head, which mm-hmm. then was simplified. And so the reason is because, right, to the Egyptians, they, these symbols mean things. To, to the Canaanites, they don't mean anything. The Canaanites are just are just saying like, oh, that's a convenient way to write that down, and that's what each and every, um, every every culture does. They just say, oh, that's efficient. I the Canaanites called this Alphos because it looks like a bull, because it looks like because in Alphos is the name of their bull-headed god. To the mm. Phoenicians. Alphos doesn't mean anything, so they just shorten it to what they need, alpha. They don't care that it looks like a bull. They just need the general shape. And that happens for every single uh, letter. I love E started out as a person and then slowly became the letter E. Um, Wow. That's insane. Yeah, the letter M used to be the symbol for the Nile River, which was the men, uh, which which became... Meh, which became the Greek mu, which then became the Roman M. Mu too? Which became mu too. too. Sorry. Yeah. There are some I just can't believe that, that it's like this simplified. Like yeah, it's, it's I guess crazy. Some, some letters were lost like this telephone pole letter. <laughs> o used to be an I. Bad. P yeah. used to be a foot. I guess Q used to be... Q jumped. Oh no, this one. Well, I guess, I guess it makes sense that over time as uh, language developed, you know, you start to get into sounds rather than um pictures that represent 
like get more abstract ideas that you're trying to convey yeah Mm-hmm. yeah exactly like there's only so many sounds you can make with your mouth like i always thought about this when i was younger i'm like if i were to create a letter in the alphabet what would it be what would it sound like and i just couldn't think of anything that wasn't already a sound other than like well, a well the current <laughs> one would be a um like a single letter for a th sound mm. um because <sighs> it used to be a single letter yeah bring mm. that telephone letter back Telephone pole. <laughs> yeah, telephone pole. And bring use, it back. And use that for the TH sound, and then we save ourselves a letter. Mm. Um, yeah, hell yeah, baby. So it's interesting, it, like, it, in Italian, like, did I mention that I'm <laughs> learning Italian? Yeah, are you to Italian, you Bobby? Are you learning Italian? Um, so, like, CH doesn't exist in Italian. It's just C, but whatever the context of the C is determines how you pronounce it. So it's like, CH doesn't exist, but if it's a C... And there's an E or an I next to it, then it's ch, which is kind of interesting. So like, it makes me just think about all the different possibilities, mm. um, of like simplifying a language, which seems to be what happened. Where there there seemed to be a lot of letters that kind of were simplified into only a few. Yeah. Here in this list. Um. Yeah. I want to know what the deal is with this. Uh on the far right the circle of the line going down it uh vertically that's just in its own orbit nothing that's, ever came that's from the it butt symbol since. um i think it's a math symbol i think that's why yeah, it kind of looks like I the null this set guy, this guy with the o how yeah, did this not yeah. become z is insane but that's i know it became i what a loser this became z yeah what i became z Wait, that's really weird. And so they Z were so became, similar. Wait, are they sure they're not wrong that Z became I and I became Z? Well, they may that's have wild. at one point been the same. Look at them. They swap. No, look at look at what it came from. It came from like... Yeah. Whoa. And then K. Yeah, K is pretty obvious. Well, yeah, if you if you get a chance to, listeners, you have to go to our website, but, brainbogglepodcast.com, yeah. and check out this uh, evolution of the Latin alphabet. Chart, because it is every, really interesting every one of these oh see look yeah look this this branched off right here f f and y branched off from the same letter wow or f and u just kidding f and u mm. oh no mm. and then yeah y branched off from that f u and yeah. y all have the same letter origin they F-U? just kind of expanded but it why <laughs> good one brent good one. nice nice yeah z can't yeah that's so weird brent's communicating like... with only letters yeah c mm. and g came from the same letter i guess i and j i came. see g i and j came <laughs> from the letter i guess that makes sense then maybe because the the if i and j both came from it what's the uh, longest uh, sentence we can do with just letters <laughs> why i see you bb no that one's not a real word I see you, BB. People say BB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a real word, Bob. <laughs> I see you, bees. P. <laughs> that was really good, Bobby. Hey, spell I cup. Okay. Remember that one? Yeah, that one was good. I see you, P. <laughs> All right, let's get okay, back to it. Okay, so basically, that's where our letters come from. So now we have letters, right? But what good are they? What freaking good are letters? Good God, y'all. If you can't <laughs> if you can't write them on things, okay? As we discussed before. Oh, I thought I put in another thing. Brent's writing on us. As we discussed before, 
cuneiform right is this wedge-shaped writing but did you did you ever uh think that did you ever meet a girl that you want to date no they're not actually drawing never triangles <laughs> if you look at it what it is is cuneiform is written by the pressing of the corner of a stick of a square-shaped stick and the lines oh. are just the continuing of the edge of that stick and so oh. that's why the language looks like it does because they were literally just pressing a stick into a slab of clay over and over again to make these different patterns and it's just a that variation makes so of much sense that makes the letters right well i feel like whereas our language we're so used to lines being a part of the the uh letters yeah, so that we see it a certain way so but they probably saw it as just i like, i think that the style of writing this is my personal theory that the that the evolution and abstraction upon these um upon these original symbols are because of how the method actually used to write right so here we have ancient roman text uh uh futhark norse runes and arabic language which are all based off of hieroglyphics um but roman text was primarily written on papyrus runes were primarily carved into stone and arabics uh the arabic language was actually uh the the uh, ancient islam culture had learned the secret of making uh mulberry paper from uh the chinese when they had uh conquered them in a battle one time they captured um they captured paper makers uh and like for 600 years before that the chinese had like held the secret of paper but that is what's most similar to our more uh, to our modern day paper so it was very smooth whereas you can see with the Roman text, it's like it, it, it has sort of a grain to it. And it's, it's got very, like a ridging to it. Yeah, it's very fibrous. And because what they would do is they would just weave together uh, strands of papyrus because papyrus could be stripped very thin, soaked, squeezed out, and then it would get rigid like paper. But it was still, you know, had a woven surface. So like that's why. The, so my the theory is, is that this is why the language is how they adapted. Right. So you look at the Norse runes are all very straight because they are primarily carved into stone with a chisel and it's harder to make curves with a chisel. Right. The 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 Roman language gets gets very straight and cuts out curves. Uh, the Phoenicians oh. do this as well to make it more efficient because it's harder to get curves on the fibrous grained paper, whereas the more smoother mulberry paper allowed for curves and more free flowing lines of Arabic more easily. Arabic text often was written on top of itself and the lines swirled together as well. Um, and so that's just, that was like, I didn't learn. I, I just thought that that could be a that's possibility. A really cool I'm theory. sure i'm sure there's some mm. time frame about when paper was introduced into europe or something because with the fall because the only reason why rome had uh papyrus was because at one point the roman empire had uh conquered egypt um and so they had now controlled the papyrus trade um which is actually really interesting leads me to a point that i forgot to talk about was that books in ancient rome were like were like books today, maybe not as prevalent, but um, like any person could get their hands on a book in ancient Rome. 
Um, there was a famous uh, a famous philosopher who noted that you could buy one of his books in a bookshop for one denarius, which was the daily salary of a uh, of a soldier, the daily wage of a soldier. So um, books were not uh, were not hard to come by at all. Um, to the point where uh, Rome could even afford to have book critics who could criti- who would critique bookshops and bookmakers for producing cheap quality work that no one would want to buy. <laughs> um, like wow. So with the fall of Rome, like the Dark Ages truly were the one of the main reasons why they were they were you know the Dark Ages was the scarcity of information. Um, since they no longer had access to papyrus, they were making books on parchment. Uh, and traditional parchment was made from animal hides, which was very, very, very expensive to make. Um, there are uh, in in the city of Bruges, which was the largest book uh, maker at the height of uh, of the of the use of parchment in 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 the in the Dark Ages. Uh, the estimated production of Bruges was about a thousand books a year, which means the entirety of Europe was only making about maybe three, 4,000 books a year for the entirety of Europe. So it was about one book to every 10,000 people. Wow. Um, so wow. the Dark Ages were really like scarcity of information. Um, and parchment was so expensive that oftentimes uh, for like uh, city governments where they needed to keep a lot of records on paper written down, uh, the cost of parchment would be up there, upwards of some of their highest uh, expenses. Um there were books that were sold for as many as uh, 20 uh, euros, I think, or pounds, maybe. Maybe they were using pounds. 20, pa- 20 units of their currency at the time, which um, was the cost of a uh, modest-sized house. Um, so, like, if you want, like, top-of-the-line books were the same cost as houses. Meanwhile, in China, where they're holding the secret of mulberry paper, and rightly to do so, because they were, like, they were mass-producing, uh, books. Um, they were making them, um, so quickly and so efficiently that, um technology spread very very quickly and a lot of people uh, attribute the uh, early technological advances you know how like china and the middle east are credited for discovering everything um mm. a lot of uh a lot of anthropologists don't think that it's a mistake that the only two people who had this cheap efficient paper were china and the middle east um and to the point where you, in China, you could buy a blank notebook, um, which uh, would have been an absurd and inconceivable thing to see in Europe. With the cost of paper being so much, it was almost it. It would have been absurd to sell it without filling it with like you know the pages of a Bible or some sort of information. The idea that any random person could write their thoughts down. Um, would have been would have been absurd just based on how expensive paper was in Europe back then. Um, however, all of that changed with the 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 uh, invention of the introduction of the printing press in Europe mm-hmm. um, caused the knowledge. Uh, ex- it it single handedly put an end to the Dark Ages in Europe. 
the wow. the amount of the the wealth of knowledge that it granted access to people uh, was insane. And of course, um, the first book that was ever printed using the printing press was unsurprisingly the Bible. The reason was because Gutenberg had taken out a loan to build his printing press. So he was like, the first things that I print need to make me money. So he was like, I might as well print the Bible. Arabic text is interesting when it comes to printing. It wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, widely adopted uh, printing in Arabic uh, until hundreds of years later because the letters change um, in context of where they are in a word. So a letter at the beginning of a word versus in the middle and versus at the end of the word looks different. Uh, and uh, as I said before, Arabic text would often overlap itself on lines and sort of be almost like an art form in itself. So it was very hard to get um, to get any sort of any of the European printing shops attempting to print in Arabic uh, were widely unsuccessful. It wasn't until the first printing shops opened in Istanbul, Turkey, that they were able to um Print in a way in which uh, native Arabic readers would understand, uh, basically. <laughs> but not Constantinople, just in symbol. No, dude, never, man. <laughs> so they had to like overlap their their printing methods too, just so that people would understand. Like, yeah, one of the um, one of the scholars who he was uh, that I was watching the documentary, he was talking about like he had a book that he was like, this is the, this is a book from the first ever printing run of mm. a, of a book in the Arabic language. It was a Quran and mm. it was printed. Uh, no, it was a book of hours or something. And it was printed in Arabic. Um, and he said any literate person at the time would not have been able to recognize this as Arabic. Um, just because it was it, just because of how different typesetting was to how Arabic was written. This is traditionally how Arabic script is written. Oh wow! Um, Wait, like seriously? Like, well, these are these are these are these are more these the, these circular ones are extremely more um, artistic. Yeah, um, but like this, but the is, idea of it overlapping. Yeah, and stuff. but like th this kind of this stuff. Right it looks here. like musical notes almost, like yeah. how they like go below into the the line below itself. Yeah, and 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 like the like the dots and the and the strokes of the letters change. Um, like look at this one. This one, there's so much overlap wow. and stuff. That's kind so, of a beautiful, a beautiful type. Yeah, Arabic is really nice to look at. Um, yeah, I have no idea what it's saying, and I probably never will, but um, it's cool. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah, so that was uh yeah, so that's just my my little um my little theory. Um I think you could be right. I mean, like the fact that it it almost seems so clear based on what uh medium these different languages were writing on that they're so they almost fl have a flow uh based on the you know the texture that you're writing on in, in almost all of them even even if you go back to the mesopotamian uh one like the sumerian yeah yeah the sumerian like, like it's just you could just see that it's just like they're they're punching a, a stick into the wall yeah well i was watching some they like had a clip of someone writing as and i was like oh they're just like bop, 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 bop. they're just yeah. like poking the corner like it's literally just a series of essentially dots and lines yeah that's and you don't even really need the lines i mean 
So you, you say no, like the they original, use they use the, the original the binary line sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dots and lines, dots, dots, dots and lines. But like, look at this, like this. Uh, where is hackers it? who bop. Like this, <laughs> this cluster of three is different from this cluster of three, which is different from this mm. cluster. Of three, oh yeah, they're all slightly different. Which is di- yeah, like it's it's oh. it's really complex, you know. And they wrote entire epics and poems, um, you know, in this language. Um, the uh, the epic of one of the the epic of Gilgamesh, one of the oldest. Gilgamesh, old Gilgamesh is written in this one. <laughs> yeah, Gilgamesh is written just like this. This this is probably the epic of Gilgamesh, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, do we know what that says? <laughs> yeah, well, you one of the old some of the oldest um, surviving uh, cuneiform texts are like um, customer service uh, complaints and. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, like, like Yelp reviews, yeah, yeah. like worker complaints to like their boss <laughs> about like unfair wages and stuff. The sauce on the um, pizza was too hot, which is funny. So, uh, which it would, which like to, to go back to Brent, Brent's meme about, about, about damn socialists, I'm just gonna keep rolling, ignoring Brent. Uh, yeah, that's fine. The Brent's meme about the going back to socialists is that, um, without, without socialists, without people standing up for workers' rights, without migrant workers. Without illiterate migrant workers who did not care that the Egyptians hieroglyphs actually stood for something, they just wanted the symbols. Without <laughs> without illiterate migrant socialist workers, we would not have written language. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Are you guys talking about me? Where somebody was like, apparently Trump is looking to invade Iran, and people were like, I can't wait for him to start another war to own the libs. Mm, <laughs> God. That's unrelated, I didn't see, though. Yeah, no, I didn't see that one specifically. <laughs> I did I did just see right before um, we started recording, though, that in Wayne County, County, Michigan, which is where Detroit is, uh, the board of canvassers are trying not to certify their results or whatever oh, for the election. Ooh. So that that's a cool thing. It's deadlocked right now, so I think it's going to go to like their state, like Secretary of State or some shit. I don't mm. know, but it's like, oh, fun stuff. Just ignore democracy. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. So anyway, that completely unrelated to written language other than that with written language we all understand these things going on and it's a uh, big old yikes so something that i something that i find interesting is like uh you know if you're if you're doing like workers like criticisms for like where you're working nowadays it's just like you write a little like note on a on a slip of paper and you pop it in the box it's like oh my butt's too cold Swoop, slip it in the box but it's like Imagine showing up to work with your giant stone. Oh, I've got my complaint. And then like, oh, just throw it into this pile of giant stones. It was, it, I, was a, it was just a slab. It was a clay slab. Okay. So that actually brings up, that brings up a real question though. Like were so it was like a person's job to be a scribe yeah so a like scribe was most a job people where, where you were trained in how to write and you would get hired by a business or by a temple to just write things so the average person could only read but not write um well 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was it was more common to be able to read than write, especially in the days of like, especially with a pictographical language, because you can be like, if you're if I'm a trader, right? But I'm quote unquote illiterate because everyone was at the time because there was no written language. Like there was society in trade before there was written language basically i if i'm a trader i'm a merchant i can be like oh well if i see this clay tablet that has a little symbol of a bird and then five tallies i can be like okay five units of bird yeah you know five birds 50 birds or whatever um like that's like you wouldn't have been because um like you wouldn't have been illiterate because part of the like this this form was created for your business yeah. Right. Like that's how it started. Was you just you made it to fit you, I guess. I wonder if they ever like tried some form of like chalk on stone, and I, I I'm sure it just probably faded away too quickly, um, for them to, you know, use that regularly and rely on that. But it seems surprising to me that like, um, people were able to like learn a language without like a way to present it and draw it on a board you know yeah just kind of some of the things that you think about when you when you talk about the time period before we had simple things like paper and ink yeah i couldn't imagine yeah, it. i want i want to know if there were like purists who like you know yeah you guys are onto this hieroglyphic stuff but before you learn that you gotta learn the sumerian shit first and like oh no one uses the sumerian <laughs> yeah. shit anymore though what's the point like how we learn latin uh, today boomer <laughs> goddamn boomer like i don't need the, the sumerian shit yeah. um oh i guess i could talk i i don't have any slides for them specifically because it wasn't uh our, our alphabet but um so uh the chinese alphabet is what is what the Japanese alphabet is based off of, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Chinese alphabet comes from their own sort of ancient. That's what my 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 Jiahu J Jack was. They were the oldest <laughs> known um, form of like they're called bone writings or turtle writings because they're written on turtle shells and bones and stuff. And they were it was a pictographic language that you can like directly trace back to the origins of of, of modern Chinese symbols. Um, and so much so that a lot of uh, teachers, when they are teaching Chinese symbols to their young students, um, will start with the ancient bone scripture because it's simpler, and then it helps that it helps to introduce them to the more complex modern characters. I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. It was pre- if you don't care at all about language, it's probably wicked, wicked boring. Um, but if you like language, it was probably really interesting because I thought it was cool. I like. I think it. it's crazy to think about like how recent liked it. in history this is, right? Like, you feel like you they would have, we would have been having language for yeah. I mean, tens this of only goes back what three thousand years or something, or how like how, the, the ancient Sumerians? How 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 far back are they? Ah, uh, five thousand years. I don't oh, okay. okay so, so that's a pretty 5, good amount years. of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. But, like, when you consider how long, like, humans in their sort of current form, if you go back to, say, our, you know, Evolution of Man episode, yeah. and how long we as a species have existed, well, it's a really... Years. Yeah, so we're talking, like, a really small chunk here at the end, where, like, all of a sudden we have, you know, written word, <laughs> and, you know, written word that it represents all these different languages and forms of communication, and look at how, and how much... 
uh, technologically we have grown mm. following the ability to do this. I mean, and even just now, the, just yeah. the ability, well, just, just being the ability able to communicate to, this much information. Yeah, yeah, just being able to like write it down and have it and hold on to it and reliably preserve it. Preserve yeah. it um, was it was huge? It was huge. It was it was it was probably the most important uh, technological advancement in human history. Like, cause it just enabled yeah. for the sharing and collaboration of, 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 uh, of humanity. I mean, like it, the freaking ancient, uh, ancient Islamic empires had to freaking had to beat China in a battle and kidnap paper makers in order to like learn how to, the secret of mulberry paper. Um, it's just unreal. It makes you think about all the things that did get lost in history before writing. You know? Oh my god, there was probably so much. Like, dude, there's so much we don't know about history. There's so much we don't know. Even with writing, there's so much we don't know. There's probably like big battles. I wonder if aliens came. Ancient aliens came down and Shut we just, up there's no with way aliens, we know. Bobby. There was no GD alien. That's aliens. Where, so actually, where the uh, the Egyptians actually got their uh, hieroglyphics from a uh, <laughs> from an alien spaceship, uh, it wrote to them in uh, in hieroglyphics. And some they, really primitive aliens. Yeah. Hmm. Um, some of the oldest known writing is um, the ancient Egyptians. Uh, they. Uh, would write on the tomb on the walls of the tombs um spells to resurrect pharaohs um he they would uh they would write their their name was written in every spell because the ancient egyptians felt that if your name was there there was a sacredness to writing and then if you were written down if something was written down that it was permanent my name yeah and so like they they believe there was an immortality in writing your name down which kind is kind of, of is, in a way yeah yeah at least uh longevity because eventually everything will fade yeah unless unless we live in a time loop where when the universe ends it just begins again then everything is immortal technically speaking but that's not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, go listen to the Time Snap Snibble Snarp episode or whatever <laughs> that one that Bobby did. The big snap, the big the big the big bounce or whatever. It's called Thanos' snap. snap. Yeah, the squip squap squib it out. Shoot the baby, just don't snap. Uh, bottom. Um, that's all I, I love got. that song. That's from the SpongeBob any? SquarePants album. I'm still just kind of baffled at like how clear the timeline is from one language to another. Yeah, if you haven't gone to the website yet to look at yeah. the Brain Bloggled, again, that's brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com and go to the Brain Bloggled section. This, this evolution of the Latin alphabet chart is just really kind of cool, like. Yeah. It's the the most boggling part, probably this whole oh, episode. Is just like it. how clear the line I is. I was gonna do a joke. I was gonna be like, "Did you oh, know no. that in uh, United States classrooms they teach they teach Arabic numbers, and they teach <laughs> they teach our kids how to write the cousin of the Arabic language." And the joke is that it's because English is the cousin of the Arabic language because, uh. because they both they both derive from. Uh, from them so in modern arabic a's are just a single line and so this is what i was talking about like so an a at the beginning of a word or if it's by itself looks like this an a in the middle of the word looks like this an a at the mm. end of the word looks like this um like they change um but like it's just it's it's uh, it's very interesting to see how 
how like the different cultures like abstracted upon them in just different directions yeah yeah but i mean i though there there is at first like it struck me as odd when you were saying like oh the, the same letters are represented differently based on where it lies within the word and i'm like oh that's strange but then i thought about it, i'm like well i mean for us the beginning of a sentence you capitalize a letter and it's rep- sometimes represented wildly differently than whatever the lowercase letter yeah. version is and- so in a way it's really not that odd it's just like a little it's kind of it's kind of interesting how we all kind of as different as these like representations of the language can be they're still kind of the same yeah just in different ways because yeah. you know? like in english too um like something something in 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 german is um every like in english you have long long vowels and short vowels um mm-hmm. whereas like in other languages every single letter is pronounced the same way um like in english a th you know makes a new sound um mm-hmm. a qu makes the sound of a w in mm-hmm. sometimes um and uh that is that is is kind of unique to english in a way um uh, i mean i'm sure other languages do it but like like, I, I wonder, I don't know anything about Arabic, but I wonder if, like, the, the different shape of the letter, depending on where it is in the word, is, like, is sort of, like, the same way of how we just have different pronunciations of letters. We just have, you just have to know it. We just don't have a way to, to, to denote it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we that's one of the reasons why English is so hard to note. Because, like, in German, if you're going to have different, pr- differently pronounced vowels, you have the umlauts yeah the accent yeah, yeah yeah or like yeah the accent marks in other languages or those strike throughs in the scandinavian languages is um well i mean but in english, english is kind of you just have to know you just have to know <laughs> it's kind of like dropped off too though i mean like there used to be like uh like the ash symbol which was like a and e together um oh, you know yeah. and th- that that kind of like dropped off like we've simplified things like that um the old but yeah, th because th used to have a letter as we talked about before in English, old English. Yeah, it's like we've simplified the alphabet to twenty six letters. I wonder how much it will change in the future. Like, is there going to be a day where they're like, well, like the when English Pluto became alphabet, a the English alphabet is dwarf planet letters, the modern Latin alphabet. Yeah, because like German has twenty. Like if you're if you're not going to count the uh, the letters with umlauts, they have twenty seven because they have an s that we don't have. Mm. Um, and then like you like yeah like the Scandinavians have the O's which I count as new letters. If there's which so countries um in in uh like the Middle East, especially countries um uh countries near Russia for some reason. Um, so Turkey um used to be under Ottoman Empire rule, obviously. Um, and they, uh, were using the Arabic alphabet for their language, but apparently it was like really terrible for their language. So in the 1920s, uh, the found, he's considered the founder of modern Turkey. I forgot his name, but he was just like, all right, we're using the, uh, we're going to use the Roman alphabet. We're changing it. We're using the Roman alphabet. Everybody for, and he outlawed the use of the Arabic alphabet. Um, and so Turkey just like in the twenties just uh, switched. Uh, Uzbekistan used to use um, Arabic, and then they were 
part of Russia, so they were using the Cyrillic alphabet. But then when the Soviet Union fell, they switched to uh, back to the Roman alphabet, the Latin alphabet, as like a way to like de-Russianize. They said, and then they like introduced some like unique Cyrillic and um, Arabic uh, symbols back into their Roman. So. It's really interesting if you uh, the the history of written languages is, is I personally think it's really cool. Uh, I don't know if it kind of kind of gives me too. hope that maybe someday the United States will switch over to the metric system <laughs> instead of the imperial system. Keep dreaming, Bob. It'll never happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I well, know. The, the states will system. the states will fall first, which honestly will probably come pretty soon. Let's yeah. Uh, I forget the imperial, the, the imperial system. system's not really based on anything, but our system of like time and degrees and stuff being based off of uh, of three sixty and sixty de- degrees and all that um, comes from comes from Arabic scientists. Uh, Arabic, uh, and that's pretty much universal. Yeah, right? yeah, those are universal. Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, time, Bobby. Yeah, time there's no place universal. in the world where Although, like they. <laughs> no, actually. Um, during one of the modern, uh, during one of the modern, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, what am I like saying? World, uh, Olympics, world, world, world Olympics. Um, it was in like the twenties or something, or maybe it was, maybe it was before that early, early, uh, 20th century though. Uh, Russia showed up to the Olympics like a week late because they were still using the Gregorian calendar. And no not way. not the Julian calendar that we use today. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. There's t- I, I love stuff like that. I love like old stuff. Russia was like, if I don't even know world without World War One, I, I don't know if Russia would be uh, <laughs> would be uh, would have ever revolu- <laughs> had their industrial revolution. Who knows. Sometimes but, um, it just makes me wonder what stupid stuff we're still living in, you know, like daylight savings and like things Arizona like that. Just doesn't acknowledge daylight savings. Nor should they. They like I think my uh, my great uncle told me that he was like stationed in Arizona for like the army, and yeah. it was like right on the border, and so he would like go to like see movies and stuff across to a different state and he would like be late and like things would s- completely screw up his uh his entire calendar because <laughs> it was just on a completely different time zone that's funny uh well boys i think we made it to the end of this episode would you yeah, say i got i got nothing else unless you guys want i got any topics you're dying to discuss i'm dying to get some food in my belly oh <laughs> oh word and speaking of food in my belly and your bellies, join us next week because we're going to be doing a special Thanksgiving episode about oh, the history of Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to start researching it tomorrow and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hey. And then if not, then we're doing Brent's episode, whatever <laughs> that is. As you can see, I've got everything planned out here at the at Yeah, the no, the no, no. Yeah, well you'll be hearing about Nexium then, I guess. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. If, happy Thanksgiving. If that's, uh, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're in a sex call. All right, but uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> if you got to the end of this and you still haven't listened to part 1, go back and listen to part 1. It's, yeah, uh, it's about the history of the spoken word, and it's really cool. I mm. really like it. Um, 
But uh, if you have listened to both of them and you just want more, you can head over to our Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access what? to our bu- 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 bonus pods, which we got to do one for this week uh, month. Um, maybe mm. yeah, we got to get that poll out yeah, there. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we'll get a poll out there. We'll do we'll do uh, some maybe Borat. We'll uh, think about some ideas. Send some ideas if you got ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other than that, you can check us out on our social medias, our social meds. Our Instagram is at brain boggled. Our Twitter is at brain boggled pod. Uh, you can send us an email if you want to contact us that way at brain podcast at gmail.com brain podcast at gmail.com. We will uh, respond to you. We will respond. Shoot us. Even a- if you just want to say hi. If you want to say hi, if you want to say you like the show, if you want to say you hate the show, if you want to give us a suggestion, especially if you want to give us a suggestion, we would love that. Uh, if you want to give us money, um, that'd be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our Venmo is down there. Yeah. <laughs> My Venmo is. Uh, yeah. I, you, the Brain Boggled. Like, a straight up donation link. But we have a shop on our website, brainboggledpodcast.com. Yeah. That's also where the Brain Bloggled is found, where you're definitely going to want to go because you. Want, you got to see these images because I like so many visual directly. elements. I yeah yeah. Um, but uh, that's all I got. Uh, so uh, bye. And then uh, maybe maybe uh, before oh. you say goodbye, maybe a five star review. Get those reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, helps, us, review. helps, us, helps us get seen. But give it, make it a five star review because that's all the Apple Podcast cares about. I'll, I'll, no, I'll be upset. <laughs> I'll, I'll be upset. Uh, you won't do that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It's time for our goodbye song, like every week that we do, because this is probably the first time yeah, for this podcast. If you haven't, if you haven't heard it before, that means that you've that you've closed the app or stopped it or skipped to the next one before you listen to it. Yep. Well, well, guys. Uh, as always, here's the goodbye song that we always do. Oh, you'll love it. I can't. Oh, oh my God. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Oh my God. We love you so much. <laughs> it's so sexy at the end. Goodbye for Is this now. Does even sound good? See you real soon on the Brain Boggle Podcast with BB and J. I love you every day. Okay, bye. Love you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.